Blog Talk Radio. Shop neither. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna just have to let that wait out and see how them people do 
you know, one of these relaxed regulations, whatever, a couple more weeks, see what they do up in there, and then I'll consider. You know what I'm saying? But it ain't, it can't be no two-hour process like it's, it's been being in the past. You know what I'm saying? It's got to be something simple. So just use your own judgment, you know? A lot of people are, are still not even hip to that, like using their own judgment, you know? And, and I was telling my guests earlier before the show, like, I'm in this, this state of mind right now, like, um, like, uh, you know? I've known all along that this is real and I've taken it so seriously because, you know, I've worked with both the New York State Department of Health and the Department of Labor. And I've been telling you guys, you know, the stories that I've been hearing and, you know, just just everything. So I've always taken this seriously, but I've had multiple deaths, you know, in my family in the past five five days. And so um, immediate family and, and then I, I, I actually lost an ex as well. Um, he was buried today and and I don't know if anyone has ever lost an ex or not. And I didn't really like him like that or nothing. Y'all go ahead and laugh because I did. I laughed when I was telling the story. But um, I couldn't sleep. Like, my heart just hurt. And I cried all night. And you never know how someone, how their death is really going to affect you until you go through it. You know what I'm saying? And like I said, we, we, we wasn't really, you know, all that much in, you know, like or whatever. But. Um, the fact that now that this 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 connection that we had is now severed, completely severed, it, that shit hurts. That hurts. You know what I'm saying? It just it really hurts. And so, um, just as people have been saying throughout, you know, all of this, make sure that you're taking the time out when you don't hear from people. Make sure that you're taking the time out to reach out to people. Reach out to friends, family, loved ones, you know what I'm saying? Just to make sure they're doing all right. Um, people that you're used to seeing and now you don't see them a lot. Okay, with the exception of me, like I'm on a hiatus on Facebook, so don't y'all come calling looking for me. You see me posting in a different way now. So don't come calling me because, you know, I'll be talking on the phone and stuff. So, But I'm just saying, you know, normally people that you're used to seeing all the time, you know, um, friends and family, just reach out to them. Then make sure that everything is good. And not only just with this that's going on, you know, uh, we mentioned this a lot, how this is still affecting people that may, you know, um, their finances still may be in to them right now. Uh, reach out to those individuals because you don't know how this is affecting them mentally, all right? We talked about um, traumatic pain, you know, and, and we've talked about um, traumatic change on the show. And so how all of this trauma is affecting people um, throughout their lives right now. And so it's something that they have not gone through before. And people are all, you know, it's affecting them differently, and then they're reacting differently as well. Some people are shutting down, you know, and they need you to be that individual that reaches out to them to make sure that they're good. So be the person. Be the voice, all right? Check on your fellow man or woman, okay? Do that for me. I don't really have no news. I don't really have no, what we got, upcoming shows Thursday. Um, we have best-selling published author Reagan Dennis is going to be here with us, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That carries us out for the month of May. And then June begins, and um, we'll talk about June on Thursday. Okay? All right. <laughs> My guest this evening is Rose Waters. She is a wife and a mother of three. Oh, speaking of mother, hold on. Let me back up. Let me back up. Yes. Do you guys know my son is deployed in Kuwait, right? And I haven't talked to him in a minute because he pissed off at me. So um, I, I talked to him today. And you know that little saying that um, 
you know, you'll need me before I need you. Well, that's how your kids always are. They always going to need you, right? And so <laughs> I'm, I'm so happy to have been able to hear from him, not just seeing him on Facebook and not just getting a quick text, you know, hey, ma, or whatever, but actually talk to him. It was for, you know, um, it was for a, a very good reason. Y'all make sure y'all checking out credit. I, um, y'all know I do taxes, right? I'm starting this credit academy uh, on the 1st of June, and so I'll be able to combine my um, tax preparation business with the, the credit. And next year, I'm going to really get all y'all straight. But um, my son has like $7,000 worth of, um, what you call those, um, student loans that are not his. And, um, you know, when he comes back from Kuwait, there's some things that, you know, him and his girlfriend, they want to do. And so, um, yeah, he's trying to make sure that his credit is, is good and he got these alerts and he's been putting them off. And, and um, you know, he called me today and he was like, you know, Ma, I don't know what this is. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't in school during these times. And so make sure that not only your credit is straight, but your kids' credit is straight too, especially those that are in college. You know what I'm saying? Graduating about to graduate college, make sure that their credit is straight so that when they do step out into the real world, they're not faced, slapped in the face with these obstacles like, you know, I'm seeing on um, his his credit today. All right? Y'all do that for your kids and yourself too. All right, back to what I was saying. My, my lovely guest this evening is uh, Rose Waters. She's a wife and a mother of three. Although she is an, an experienced professional writer, Rose Waters has uh, been writing fan fiction stories for her classmates since the age of 12. Rose Waters currently resides in Gary, Indiana, but was born in Greensboro, North Carolina. Rose has many talents, but writing is her past women of all ages with her story because she's been through many things at different stages in her life. Rose Waters recently published her first book entitled Domestic Violence, Love Was a Battlefield. Mm. Later this year, she plans on publishing her autobiography. Any fire listening audience, I present to you this evening my very, very special guest, author Rose Waters. Hello, everybody. How you doing? How you doing? I'm great. How you doing? I am well. I am well. I'm so glad to be back here in the studio. I feel like, you know, I talked to my guests prior to the show, and um, I'm always, I always dread, like, the first five minutes, like 625, I be dreading, because that's normally the time that I take to get myself together, and it's like, for some reason, I can't get myself together um, since March. I haven't been able to get myself together, and it's like, you know, as soon as that applause, they play the applause when they can play it right, um, all my energy just seems to come back, and I'm just ready to go. I'm ready to go. I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you so much for being here with me this evening. You could have been anywhere, but you're here with myself and my listening audience, giving so freely of yourself to share all about you, the author, Rose Waters. I mean, why it is that you do what it is that you do and remain so passionate about what you do. So thank you, thank you, thank you again for being here with me this evening. I need to write that yes, down. Thank I you for having me. With that. <laughs> you are so good. You yeah, are. you made that out. I got questions. I got questions. Um, I got questions. And I want to, um, I normally follow a set script, you know, but but your bio as I was reading it, and I've, I've read it before, but as I was reading it, I was reminded of so many other places that um, I've been taken to 
when talking to different authors that I've had on the show. And so I I want to I want to jump right here and talk about this fan fiction that you used to write because um, I suffered uh, a traumatic brain injury about six years ago, and not until I have authors on my show that I'm able to actually reflect on so many different memories that I've forgotten all about okay. because they have mm-hmm. all of these ways that they, they write. Um, I think authors are so creative. I mean, everybody's creative, but authors are so creative. And the way that they, you know, write a book and, and the way the methods that they use to create um, their characters and all of that seems to bring mm-hmm. back memories that I thought were gone. And so reading your bio, okay. when you talked about the fan fiction stories, I had another author who she used to do that. They used to pass around like a journal, and, and somebody would write like the beginning of the story, and somebody would write the next part That's of the story. Exactly and, what I did. Really? <laughs> yes, exactly. So, Me and my friends, we were writing a little notebook, and we would just share our ideas, and you know, write our little story, whatever we were writing, and we would write it down, and then be like, okay, it's your turn. So she would put her input and put her, you know, it's kind of like you just continuing. Like, I put my mm-hmm. version, and then she'll continue where I left off, and then whoever's mm-hmm. writing with us. It was just me and one friend. And we would just go back and forth and pass it to each other, and then our classmates would read the the stories, and they just couldn't wait for us to write more. They'd be like, y'all wrote <laughs> some more of that story? And we'd be like, yeah, we did, blah, blah, blah. So it was really, really, really fun, you know. And that's what really drew me to writing, you know, the fan fiction. When did you first realize that you wanted to be a writer? It took me, because at first fan fiction was just like a hobby. It was like something I did to pass time because, you know, growing up, we had technology, but clearly we didn't have iPads and all this other right, stuff, right. you know. We had right. to still use our imagination, and that was a way to pass time and enjoy ourselves, you know. It took me until I was about maybe like 19 or 20. That's when I knew, like, hey, I really want to write for real. Because when I write, most people have to, like, take notes or get their ideas together. I write, like, off the top of my head. Like, it just flows out of my brain onto my paper or onto my computer as I'm typing. Like, I don't have notes written down. That's how I knew this is something that I was meant to do, like. It just comes, and I enjoy every bit of it, and I enjoy people reading my stories, and, you know, it's just, it took me until I was about 20. I'm 28 now, turned 29 in August, so it took me until I was about 20 to know I was serious about being an author. I just didn't know how to go about it, you know. So you say you write off the dome. Who do you, but do you ever use any type of, of outline or... Or is it just I'm going to sit here and as it comes to me, then that's how I'm going to write it? That's exactly how it was. Exactly how it was. Like, I've only written fan fiction stories. And, um, of course, my domestic violence book. And that's based off of my personal real life, basically. So all I did was let it flow out of my brain, my memory, what happened. And I put it on paper. Like, I didn't write any notes. I didn't take any outlines. Nothing. I just let it come out. My imagination is really, really big, like far as fan fiction goes, <laughs> and then my memories. <laughs> so 
it just flows. I'm telling you, I, I didn't write anything down. Every fan fiction I ever written just flowed. Like I used to be on this app called Wetpad, and it's a it's a large app like for the um, writing community, I would say. And most people write fan fiction stories on that app. And I used to be really big on that app. I wasn't like super famous, but I have a really nice fan base. I had girls from all over the world requesting my stories, requesting updates and things like that. You know, I had like 32.5 thousand votes. Wow. So on one of my stories, yeah. So I knew it was something like if I had that many votes, that let me know that I'm obviously a good writer. People want to hear what I have to say. People like what I'm saying, you know. So I still didn't take it too serious, though, yet. It took me a while. I just was like, hey, this is something I'm doing to pass my time. This is something that I'm doing that I like. You know, it's a hobby of mine because I'm actually multi-talented. That's why I didn't take mm-hmm. it so serious. There's a lot of other things that I can actually do. So this is just one of my hobbies. But the more I do it, the more I love it. So I realized that this is what I want to do. What was an early experience um, when you learned that language had power? An early experience. I would say in my teens, I used to write poetry. So I don't know. Like, when you first start getting into dating and stuff like that, I was writing poetry for my boyfriend back then and stuff like that. And just to see his face as I read the poetry to him, it let me know that my words were powerful. And we were just teens, you know, puppy love and all that good stuff. So it's like, it's something to my words. It's something about the way that I write that's special. Like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned puppy love, and my mind just went like that's been so long ago. God, yeah. <laughs> but I would definitely say I've heard that before as well. Um, that a lot of authors, writers, they start with um, poetry. That's where they, you know, mm-hmm. um, began to put the words. You know, formulating um, the words and watch how they flow together on paper and and um, the reactions that they got from other individuals, you know, that led them to wanting to write, you know, um, people reading their poetry and how it touched them or how it affected them is what, you know, led them to writing their books or their novels. Um, Mm -hmm. Writers are often encouraged to write what they know. And I know that, you just mentioned that your book um, was from real life experience. Um, yeah. Since you have published your first book, how has that impacted, you know, um, what you're writing about now? I actually was not expecting to get such a large amount of support from it. That's one thing. Really? I didn't really realize I I wasn't. It's just because of my upbringing, the things that I've been through. I'm not used to support. So that's why it's just like, it just hit me like, wow, I'm shocked. You know, I wasn't expecting it. Probably because the fan fiction, like fan fiction, you just write it. And, you know, people just comment and they just vote. And then that's the end of that, you know. (laughs) 
So, like, that's completely different. That's why I said I, I completely, like, switch lanes. Fan fiction is just fun. It's just, you know, entertainment. Writing this book is, especially since it's a real-life situation, I have to, you know, I have different people writing me, asking me questions. You know, what should I do? What can I do? I realize it's kind of, it kind of makes you become an advocate for this situation mm-hmm, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. people have been through what I've been through. So they want help. They want to know how did I survive? How did I make it out of that situation? Or, you know, what can I do to help? Is there something that, you know, I can do to help them? And it's just, I was not prepared for that. I should have prepared myself, but I really was not prepared because I've had a few people ask me questions that I really could not answer, you know? So it's, it's really breathtaking in a good way because I feel like once I learn more about the situation that I'll be able to answer more questions. I'll be able to be an advocate. I'll be able to stand up for domestic violence and people that experience domestic violence, you know, right now I feel like I'm a rookie at it. You know, I know what I've been through, but I wasn't expecting other people to tell me what they've been through and, you know, say, you know, what should I do? And it's really hard, you know, being young. And I'm not that young, but I'm young. And there's a lot of people that's older than me that's asked me questions. And I'm like, um, I don't know. <laughs> you know, um, let me answer Jack really quickly. I'm going to answer Jack really quickly because I'll forget mm-hmm. um, what it is I'm trying to say. Um, I am a okay. domestic violence advocate. And so I want to back okay. up. You said that you felt like you were a rookie. Now, I want to make sure that I mm-hmm. heard you correctly when you said that you wrote this book because this is something that you've gone through, uh, meaning that mm-hmm. you've gone through domestic violence, correct? Yes, correct. So as a survivor, we don't call um, a woman or a man who's gone through domestic violence a victim. As a survivor of domestic violence, mm-hmm. you're not a rookie on the subject or the topic of domestic violence. Um, you're... Mm-hmm. You can speak more so. Everything I know, I've known because I've studied it. I've gone through extensive okay. training to be an advocate. But you've experienced things that I could never. I've seen it firsthand because I've walked in on it. Um, I've had to sit mm-hmm. in the hospital with survivors. You know what I'm saying? I've had to take people home. I've had to be in the courtroom. But when you've gone through it, you know, you're more mm-hmm. of, and lived and survived it, you're more of an advocate um, than I could ever be. So when people come okay. to you with questions, you learn together um, the answers that okay. people are seeking. You learn those answers together. And for, there's, there's some odd reason that, that they, not only because of your book, um, but there's, you know, there's funny things that connect people together. And I learned to stop questioning, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? I learned to stop questioning what those reasons are. But um, people are connected together for one reason or another. And it's normally to help, you know, people, they, they say that people are in your life for seasons or reasons. But, you know, because of the book, um, I want you to just sit back and, and document, document every person that you speak to. Um, okay. You don't have to list their names, but document what it says the conversations that you have, what they say to you, the advice that you give to them. And then in the next month, look back at your growth. 
because mm-hmm. something that I tell my artists, you know, if when you're making music, if you put a, you know, a track out this month and then three months later you put out another track and, you know, you're not seeing the sales and you're not hearing the growth in yourself and you're not seeing the growth in yourself as an artist, you need to revisit, you know, um, the master plan for your life as an artist. When you wrote this book, you did so for a specific reason, um, whether it be an outlet or release, whether it be to um, mend some things that were within you, whether it be to help someone else, whether it be to experience growth yourself, you wrote the book for a specific mm-hmm. reason. So look at those questions, that advice that you're given now. In a month's time, go back and reread all of those, um, that information that you dropped on people, that knowledge that you um, were able to pour into people. See how it has impacted your own life. Look at the growth that it has, you know, um, enabled for Rose Water's life, right? Because there's purpose in what you've done. So never say that you're a rookie because, again, you're Mm -hmm. more experienced in this situation than the biggest advocate. Um, And I, I have years of extensive training but could never get um, to where you are or where you're going to go with this right here. Okay? Okay. Just had Thank to interject with that right there. <laughs> Just had to Thank interject you. with that. When people write about topics like, um, and I'm a rape crisis advocate also, as well as human trafficking, okay. when people write about these topics, they have to go out and do tons and tons of research. They interview people. They watch um, documentaries. You know what I'm saying? They they get um, mm-hmm. they they do one-on-one interviews. Um, they sit in on group discussions and forums. Um, but very seldom are they living the lives themselves, or how have they gone through any of that themselves? How hard was it for you to stay focused and not be distracted when writing about? Um, and I haven't read your book, but when writing about maybe occurrences or events, something, a timetable that might have occurred in your own life, um, how hard was that for you to stay focused and, and not, you know, let your mind take you someplace else and, and be in that bad predicament that you might have been in, you know, years ago? How did you stay focused? It was hard simply because it actually brought back memories, it brought flashbacks, um, it brought back emotions. I wanted to quit a couple of times, to be honest, because it's like, I I feel like I, I went through it and now I'm reliving it, basically. You know, I had to give some details about things and I had to, it's like I'm reopening a healed wound in this situation. And so, I pushed myself to continue to write this book. Not only did I want to get my story out there, but I really truly want to help somebody else that's going through this. It's like, don't be selfish. Get this story out there and help somebody. And that's what I told myself, you know. And that's what really kept me motivated. And that's how I just, I kept pushing. Like, I was procrastinating for a while. Like, some, I actually started writing, like, at the last minute. Like, um... Because there's four parts to this. There's four different authors that wrote in this book. And 
I was like, you know, maybe she can just take those offers and I'll just stay out of it. You know, I don't need everybody judging me because of what I've been through and looking at me all funny and, you know, oh, wow, she was abused. You know, I was worried about what other people thought instead of worrying about maybe I'm helping someone by them reading it. Maybe I'm giving someone power to get out of their situation. So I just put myself behind myself so to speak, and I just thought about other people, and that's what motivated me to keep going. Okay, you said there are three other authors in this book. Whose project was this? This project is actually organized by Samantha Swain. She is a true crime ah, author. Ha, ha. I, she, knew, yes. I knew I recognized <laughs> the title. Yes, we had her on the show. She, she was on the show back in March for our Quest of a Woman series, and she talked about the book Dead. She did not, and I know, I know one other author that was in that's in the book. We go way back, yes. and um, yes. but she didn't list any. Um, she listed him because he called into the show, but she didn't want to list any of the other authors, you know. And, and I respected her for that because of the sensitivity of the topic as well. Um, but. Okay. I I knew I kept looking at the title. Oh, that looks so familiar. Um, but yeah. I have a stack of books <laughs> yeah, that you know, um, yeah. I haven't gotten this one yet. But I have a stack of books. That's that's a bad. That's a downside of having so many friends as authors. Um, because the music part, mm-hmm. you know, I listen to music. I critique music, so I hear music all day long. Um, but when it comes mm-hmm. to reading, but I, I can't stay focused long enough to read books. I'm thankful for the friends who have you know, e-books and the books on Audible and everything that I could just, um, you know, let a device just let it play and then I'm done with it, you know, in about an hour and a half or two hours, I'm done with it. But if I got to sit down and read a book, my my imaginary adult ADD kicks in and, and I just can't, I can't do it. Um, but I do, I look forward, yes, I look forward to reading this. I had no idea that this was the um this is that book. This was the book. Yes. Yes. And we she actually do have it on the ebook too. Oh yeah. So, mhm. It left. just got. They I left. think there's still some technical difficulties, but we're getting that completely set up because it's more convenient for a lot of people that's on the go or people that don't have time to just sit down and read, like you said. So we're getting that set up too. It is because I sit down the way my life as hectic as it is right now. I sit down and five minutes, you know, I'm I'm dozing off. But then, you know, I, ten minutes later, I'm wide awake. But then I doze off again. And so, yeah, I need the ebook. It'll keep me alert. So yeah. I can listen to it. And then, yeah, yeah. If you're just tuning in, you're live right here on Two Lit Tuesdays on Indie Fire with your girl Nakia and our very special guest author Rose Waters. I want to jump into this new track by our girl Asia out of Pensacola, Florida. This is the argument. Now, it's actually been in rotation on IndieSire since, what, March? Because Asia started out uh, Quest of a Woman, but the track itself just dropped today. It is um, available on all downloaded streaming sites. This is the argument. Y'all get into this.
Right now, what's good? It's your girl, Jana Blackwell, C-Town Records, Mistress of Soul. And you're on the air with the hottest independent station, Indie Fire, with your host, Nakia, giving you that heat right here on the station, bringing you all of the hottest hip-hop hits, Indie Fire. You're just tuning in. You're live right here on Two Lit Tuesdays on Indie Fire with your girl, Kia and my very special guest, Arthur Rose Waters. And thank you, thank you, Jaina, uh, for that drop. Y'all make sure y'all listen to Jaina's new hit, uh, Tune Setting. And if you want to get in on the Tune Setting Challenge, they got a dance. I think it started in, in Japan, Tokyo, one of them. They Same difference, right? I know. Thank you. They started the, the Tune Setting Challenge. And so um, the song itself is, like, number 10 on the charts in the U.K. now. They got the challenge going on. Mm-hmm. And I'm just so elated. Y'all know every time I see stuff like that, I smile because we had tune setting in rotation, like, back in the middle of last year, not knowing that tune setting hadn't even dropped yet. Tune setting was our 2019 Best uh, Female R&B Song winner. And Ojana won for that song. And the song just dropped last month. So I'm super excited, you know, uh, as she continues to climb the ladder. Indie Fire is all on her promo um, with Tune Setting and that um, award. So congratulations to Jaina um, for all that she's doing. Seatown uh, Records, Mistress of Soul. And congratulations to you, Asia. Uh, the Argument now out on all digital download and streaming sites. Uh, make sure that you check out Asia with The Argument. Rose, you got a caller, so I want to go ahead and jump on over here. They may have a question. They may have a shout-out. They may just want to show you some love. Either way, before I get okay. back into my part of the interview, I want to go ahead and open up the um, the, the floor for your caller to go ahead and show you some love. All right? All right. Who do we have on the line? You are live with Nakia and Rose. Good evening. Good evening. How are you? I'm calling. I am well. I'm so proud of her. Good evening. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Who's on the line? This is Samantha Swain. I'm so sorry. I'm the collaborative coordinator of the anthology. (laughs) (laughs) And um, it's always a pleasure to hear her calm voice but let me just tell you she's calm Uh-oh. when she's on the radio and she's oh, that's what it is. <laughs> she's calm for you <laughs> so I try to fill out my I, guests prior to hand you know I try to talk to them through messenger or look at their posts and I thought I saw some of her posts and I was like okay she's a little mellow you know what I'm saying? She she might be a little low-key or whatever. But mm-hmm. then I saw a couple more of her posts, and I was like, oh, no, she's out that life. I see. I already know how you're right. so out. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I said. You get, once she get it started, man, she hits the <laughs> ground running. Yes, I do. And yes, I, I do. tell you, and uh, all you can do is put your seatbelt on and hold on because she, she, <laughs> she will go she will go off she will take it and run with it and I'm I'm so proud of her 
And I try to make sure that I I leave a gateway for her because I know that she's the one out the bunch because I have about three anthologies going on. She's the one that I know will the when the rubber hits the pavement that's that i I know she just needs a gateway, and she has things to say and she has things to share and i I just you know I considered her uh uh the young cat, the baby sister. And she's the one, if if there were alleys in this area and I had to walk through the alley, I would want Rose to walk with me because if, wow. if anybody come with anything, it's handled. I'm ready. And she handled it handled it with this anthology and I'm I'm just I can't express the humbleness that she instills in me just from her being her and because she could be a different person. And right. I, I'm grateful for the person that she is. And I, you know, for everything that I think of, for a gateway, for her to gain followers and to uh follow her continually into her next project which there will be one i want only the best for her she's that one person i want the best best for everyone but she's that one that i will continually look after well and I I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. I I I can't express that enough. Thank you. And I thank you too. You gave me this opportunity to actually push myself to become a published author because it was all just, you know, entertainment and, you know, fun for me. And now it's something that I really want to do and that's something that I've been putting work into. Overtime advertisement, yes. you know, and, the, and I'm just grateful the, for the you. topic alone is something that is going to go uh, way over our heads, but we got to be able to catch it, you know. And I'm only five one, so I got no problem holding on <laughs> to a balloon as is lifting up. But you know, we we got to be able to do that. And um I I just I'm so thankful to know you. I'm thankful that you participated and I humbled for this path that you're getting ready to take and I feel the need to always look out because as as they say, man, they coming, they coming, <laughs> and, and you know, 
I I want to be able to be the one to tell you yes, no, left, right, keep straight. <laughs> you know, for you I'm to get for that, on the path where you need to to go and for it to be enjoyable. Writing it for me is an enjoyment. Uh mm-hmm. You know, it's where the the characters in your mind <laughs> have a voice, and they mm-hmm. they speak, and uh, they they will make you cry, and they ma- will make you bear all emotions. And mm-hmm. uh, you are that one. You are that one. I'm happy to know you. Yes, I'm ma'am. Happy to know you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you you for calling, too. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Bye. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) We were just talking about her. She is. Mm -hmm. She is. And, And for some, I don't know how long you've known her, but for someone to be able to uh, find so much good in you and see so much potential um, for growth as an author and growth as an individual in you and then speak mm-hmm. about it um, says so much about you as an individual, says so much about you, you know, and your character um, and how not only have you impacted Samantha, um, you know, you yourself, but you and your writing. Um, that that says a mm-hmm. lot. I and wait, I'm, I was I meant to ask her, you know, when it was going to be on ebook, but I, I'm sure I'll see it. Um, somebody will let me know yes. if it's not already there. Somebody will let me know. Um, yeah, who definitely keep you updated? Please do, please do. What one thing mm-hmm. um, would you give up to become a better writer? I know that there are, you know, there's many many distractions um, from social media to gaming, you know, to to People can invest a lot of time in their extracurricular, you know, activities that can keep them mm-hmm. distracted from doing things that they really, really need to buckle down and do. So what one thing um, do you feel that you would give up or be able to give up to become a better writer? Well, I definitely get distracted easily. Um, I don't know. I've always been just by myself, so I've always had to entertain myself, you know, no siblings growing up. So I've always been, you know, keeping myself, my spirits high, music, drawing, crocheting. Like I said, I was multi-talented. So it's easy for me to get bored with one thing because of I've always done so many different things. So I would definitely say giving up gaming because I'm a big gamer. Like I play games like I'm a male <laughs> almost. Really? I'm a big time gamer, yes. I love I love video games. You know, I'm a gamer, and um, I would probably give that up because I it consumes me a little bit sometimes. Very competitive. Like I played basketball in high school, so it's just that competitive in me that I just want. I need to feel that again, and that's probably why I game so much because I don't play basketball anymore. Does your husband game? We gamers, yes, <laughs> both of us. <laughs> We game together. We do it together. So, yeah. 
how did your family, you mentioned um, earlier about the lack of support. Um, so let's talk about the immediate family, you know, your, your spouse, mm-hmm. your children. How do they feel about you, um, you know, being a published author now? And are, are they supportive of what you're passionate about? My husband has always been a great support system, that's for sure. He supports me, you know, he helps promote me, you know, encourages me to write it, get it out there. That's his, like, sound like him when he said And my kids, you know, I don't know, I guess it's not easy for him to really process it. It's like all talk to them. They see the book. They see that I published it. But I don't know if, you know, I don't know what goes through their head as far as knowing that I'm an author. You know, they just smile when I tell them, when you speak about your mom, tell your, tell them your mom's an author. That's what I'll be telling them. And <laughs> and they just smile and they just look and they say, okay, you know, stuff like that. So they haven't really <laughs> spoke much on it. You know, I don't really know what they feel, but I probably will sit down and really talk to them about it. And my daughter did oh, mention, that- do I uh, write kids' books? And I told her I probably will eventually. How old are your children? 12, 11, and 10, soon to be right. 11, so, so 12, they, and 13. When they get of age, I know they, they don't, they're not at age yet to be able to really read that type of, um, that type yes. of book. Yes. But when they get to mm-hmm. the age when, you know, by, by the time they get to that age to read that type of book and maybe you put out, I don't know, seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve more books by the time they get to that age. And they remember, my mother always mm-hmm. told me about that first book that she wrote, you know, and I'm going to sit down mm-hmm. and read this book. And they have to read about real life, you know, instances that happen to you. Are you prepared to deal with, you know, the discussion or the questions that you may get from your children? I am so ready and so open because I've always been open with my kids. We We talk Good. about everything, you know. I'm not ashamed. I just, you know, I tell them that they're too young to read this book now. And, you know, right, they don't right. really say why. I just say there's things that they're not ready for. You know, that's what I explain to them. And they just be like, okay, you know. And I say, when y'all old enough, then I, y'all definitely can read this book or whatever the case may be. So it's just I'm ready. Like, I've talked to my kids about sex and everything at their ages, you know, because I feel like, you know, kids are doing that young and, I just want to prepare my kids to be, you know, ready to know what not to do, you know, at their age and to come to me if they're feeling any type of way. I'm just a very open parent. You know, some people would disagree with me and say that, oh, they're too young for you to talk to them about that. Well, that's their opinion. You know, I I see sex happening at their age with Mm -hmm. different kids, so I just felt comfortable Mm -hmm. enough to tell them now so they won't be hit with peer pressure to go and do things, you know. So I'm open. I'm open. Moving forward, what what can we? I know that your bio states that later this year you're planning on publishing your autobiography. So I feel like in that autobiography we're also going to get some more in depth um, talk about the different stages that you've gone through or that you've experienced in your life. Um, but what else can we look for from Rose Waters? Um, as far as in my book or in general? In general, when it comes to your career as an author. 
Um, definitely so many books. I have, I'm so ready. Like, I felt like it was all a game in the beginning. Now it's serious. Like, I want to put out so many different types of books, not just um, domestic violence. I might put another, you know, in-depth, detailed domestic violence book out. Um, my autobiography, my life, that book alone, when I write my autobiography, that book alone is so many different things in life. Just a little a little bio about my past. I was a ward of the state of Indiana. So what that means is I was in foster care. And I just want to give, like, deep details about foster care that most people don't know because they haven't experienced it. You know, mm-hmm. foster care mm-hmm. was not all peaches and cream. It was not all peaches and cream. It failed me. I am almost 30 years old, and I still don't know how to drive. Because when I was in the foster care system, they took us everywhere. You know, I can make that excuse and be like, well, you got old enough to drive. It's a fear of mine. It's a fear to know how to drive now. I didn't get out the system until I was 19 years old. So, you know, I still was being drove around from place to place to place. And now it's just a fear of mine. I feel like the foster care system should do better with kids, you know, teach them to drive, send them through driver school, something. Because unlike like me, I'm still not driving at almost the age of 30, you know. It's just so much to foster care. It was not always a safe environment that I was in. Like, I'm going to give, like, some really deep details about a lot of things. I've been through sexual abuse growing up. I've been through physical abuse as a child. Um, um, I didn't meet my birth mother until I was 18 years old. Not Never met her. Of course, I knew her. I came out of her. But, you know, at the age of one, she decided to do what she was doing, and my father raised me, you know. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mind-blowing already, and you haven't heard much, nothing about it yet. <laughs> so I'm telling you, I have a lot to say. This autobiography, I feel like it's going to really, really set my career as an author because people, just telling people little snippets about my life, just like you said, wow. Like most people, their mind is blown with just the little things that I say about my life. I'm going to go in so many details about every little thing, like my life in general. It was not, never peaches and cream my entire life, you know. So. Wow. And and it, it's, it's amazing um, that now as, as, a wife and as a mother, um, mm-hmm. that even though you've gone through, you know, so much, and, and that's why I said what I said about um, your your book and, and not calling yourself a rookie because um, mm-hmm. even all that you've been through and Every story that you have within you, um, I feel like it's going to birth so much more for so many other people. Um, Mm These are stories that need to come out. I know a lot of people, they write books. They write four, five, six, seven books, and then they go back and they write their autobiography because now I'm established, you know, as a writer or as an author. 
Now I'm going to tell you who I am. No, I feel like you're, you're right. You're doing the right thing. Like you need to let people know up front, this is me. And this is what I've gone through. And mm-hmm. then choose a fiction. I mean, I'm sorry, choose your genre and run with it or be mm-hmm. multi-genre and, and, and write your books then. But they need to know because you, you have so many stories to tell. You have such so a, many a dynamic story mm-hmm. to tell that's going to help so many people. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can't. <laughs> I got so much I want to say. Know. I'm looking at the I got so much I want to say. Um, but I just, I ultimately feel like, you know, um, I've heard and seen authors say, like, I, I want to give up because I don't feel like what I'm saying, people are sleeping on what I'm saying. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe I'm, I'm talking to the wrong audience or, you know, people that I feel like should be supporting me, they're not supporting me anymore. And, you know, um, I want you just to always remember um, why you're doing what you're doing because you do have a story to tell. Um, Stay passionate. Mm -hmm. Remember your purpose. Mm -hmm. And as long as you're doing everything according to uh, what it is you're you're passionate about, and you're walking and you're living in your purpose and completing that passion, um, the lives that you're going to touch, you're going to be such a great example for so many women and so many men mm-hmm. as well. Okay. Um, okay. But just just remain passionate about, you know, because people, I say all the time, I'm I'm passionate about this radio presentation. Everybody knows, you know, I'm passionate about what I do, and and I feel like if if I'm on the show one day out of the month, as long as I have fulfilled my purpose, then I'm good. But just remember why you're doing what it is that you're doing, and keep that keep a little journal, like I said, um, that you can document the people that you talk to, the lives that you affect, and then and watch how you yourself grow. Um, when you look back and you see the things that you've said to people, the advice that you've given to people, um, what you've been able to pour into people, and how in turn that has affected your life, um, because you'll be surprised. You know, I don't feel like doing this today. I don't. I don't feel like doing it. And somebody asked you a question, and you know about page twenty-three, and you mentioned this right mm-hmm. here on page twenty-three, and you start talking to them. And you start pouring into them, and they start receiving all of this information that you're giving them, you know. And then the two of you go out and, and research some more information, you know. And not only are you um, instilling into them, but they're also growth as well. So, again, just document everything um, and watch, just watch the growth within you as a person um, and okay. as an author. I see that. I see that for you. I want to go ahead Thank and give you, you so the opportunity much. now to, you are so very welcome. I try not to get deep on the show, but sometimes I'll be led in a different direction. Okay. <laughs> um, especially if I close my eyes. If I close my eyes, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. Go ahead the opportunity to um, get all of your contact information out for those who may be listening to the show. For those who may be listening to the show, I said that, yeah. For those who may come back and mm-hmm. listen to one of the many, many playback shows, the floor is now yours to get all of your contact information out and make sure that you do um, let them know where they can 
get the book Domestic Violence, Love Was a Battlefield. Okay. Thank you so much for having me on the show today. You guys can follow me on Instagram at double underscore rose dot waters double underscore. Now, or you can like my page on Facebook at just Rose Waters. And you can also find the link to Domestic Violence, Love Was a Battlefield on my Instagram as well as my Facebook page. All right. Y'all got all that information. Make sure you put double underscores. Don't be like us over here. We found it, but, you know, it was, it was, I wasn't sure, you know. Uh, make <laughs> yeah. sure you follow following yeah. the show or all social media at Indie Fire. Make sure you're following me, the girl in motion, on all social media, girl in motion, no I. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the website, www.indiefireradio.com. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. We are almost at the um, the completion of goal number one for YouTube. That's 100 followers so that we could have our own custom URL. We need four more followers, all right? And we need to do this by May 31st, okay? All right, guys, four more followers. Get over there and subscribe to that YouTube channel. Thank you, thank you, thank you for submissions for New Music Monday, which returns this coming Monday, um, the 1st. Is that the 1st? Yes, yes, yes. Return um, yep. this coming Monday, the 1st. 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You want to go to the website. There's New Music Mondays, and you can submit all of your information as well as your file there. All right? Please don't just submit your name and say, I'm Don Brown, and this is my fire track call, you know, swing low, and don't submit the fire track. Because what am I going to do? I can't play that. I can only talk about the fact that you didn't submit your track. All right? So make sure that you submit the track along with your information, and we'll get it in rotation Monday the 1st. Until 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Thursday the 28th with published best-selling author Reagan Dennis, 6.30 p.m. Again, uh, we're saying goodnight. Thank you again, Rose. Thank you guys for having me. You are so very welcome. You all have a good night. Good night.